Coffee break espagnol. Coffee break espagnol. <laughs> I'm Keith. And I'm John. And this is Flamadiddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for... Most things, Keith. Including... But not limited to... Well, rockets, John. And Cold War space races and... The history of space travel. Russian scientists and all sorts of craziness, man. Yeah. Well, let's tell them what we're going to tell them about. Well, I think the, we just yeah, we're this was the, the middle of a three-parter. We did the history of rockets, and now we're going to do the history of space travel because at some point, rockets started getting us to space. Which will involve some rockets, but will involve uh, some politicians, mm-hmm. some uh, government agencies like NASA. Right. Maybe even some Nazis that we didn't know were Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Right so, all right, well, speaking of Nazis, Keith, I think, uh, well, I'll tell you what, before Nazis, why don't we do pre-Nazis? Pre-Nazis, World War II? No, that that's Nazis. Well, I mean, before we get into anything, and not, <laughs> I'm sure there's people are like, Nazis? Yeah. I thought this was about rockets. Well, it is. It it's going to start here in a moment with the V2 rocket at that's the end right. of World War II. Yeah. But first, Keith, we want to tell people about our patreon stuff yeah oh, yeah absolutely let's just get them to support us right off just go to patreon yeah hey, yeah right? absolutely we, we do this for you guys but we also have full-time jobs so we need your support so yes. if you like what we do go on patreon there's three different tiers there dollar 99 a month 4.99 a month and 9.99 a month and you get different things with each tier and also part of the proceeds always goes to the ministry widows link yes, to help widows out so and that's an awesome thing we know a lot of you have heard us talk about widows link and marlene so help us out. Um, maybe next year, Keith, will be able to afford us a new computer. Our, our uh, production computer is getting a little long in the tooth. I've upgraded yeah. another old one to keep us rolling for another Yeah, we have low months. overhead, but it's not free. No, so, it's not. Yeah, Thankfully, I had some high-quality microphones and stuff from my previous existence as a music recorder, there you semi-producer, go. player, whatever. All right, so let's dive in, Keith. All right. We got to the V2 rocket. Why don't you yeah. pick up and tell some folks about the V2 and let's put a, that puts us right at the end of World War II. Right. So at toward the end of World War II, the A-4 rocket, later called the V-2 rocket, um, was not discovered. It was invented, right? Right. By the Germans, by the Nazis. Luckily, too late to make an impact on the war. Now it did cause it did wreak havoc and cause death and damage, in but Europe, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't turn the tide of the war if it had it been didn't. found. And much in fact, that on. that was actually like a revenge bombing. Actually, like they knew they lost the war already, but they're like, "Hey, let's heave some rockets on Europe anyway." Exactly. So they did this revenge bombing, and after that, actually, this cat named Warner von Braun that we're about to Warner talk von about, Braun. he said. Um, the rocket worked, and there's actually a quote. Let me make sure I don't get that wrong. He said, the rocket worked perfectly, except it landed on the wrong planet. There you go, Keith. So, the, the, you know, this was kind of the beginnings of rockets that would take us to space. It was 46.1 feet tall. That's about the eighth of the size of the Saturn V that took us to the right. to the moon, right? It had 56,000 pounds of thrust. Um, Saturn V has 7.6 million pounds of thrust, to give you a comparison there. It could carry 2,200 pounds, though, John. That's a pretty good payload. It really is, and that's where we're going to move into this next phase. These early rockets, specifically the V-2, is what's going to take us into this space race. So now Mm -hmm. we're at the end of World War II, Keith. Right. It's very clear the Germans are losing. It's very clear that the Allies are approaching Berlin. And something happens, Keith. We mentioned Werner von Braun. He's the head of the whole. Werner von Braun. He, Werner von Braun. He's the whole head of the uh, the uh, German rocket. 
yeah. team that's making these missiles and or rockets. Yeah. And what happens, Keith? He was a he was a Nazi, basically, he wasn't was a he, Nazi. John? Yeah. And there's a, a lot he of actually don't didn't know he join the Nazi party at one point? I well, I think he had to as a part of that, and he was yeah. either the the big thing they found out later was that he was a part of the SS. Even yeah, and, and that's the controversy, damning. right, John? Because here in Alabama. Especially in Huntsville, they kind of, you know, immortalize. We revere. Uh, yeah, we revere Warner one of Von Braun, and they kind of overlook some of those things. And that is the controversy. Did he have to join it or did he not? You know, yeah. who knows? You know, there's a lot. We if don't you know, know what more we about that. that there's some great, there's a great podcast by the yeah. Washington Post came out a couple years ago. I believe it's called Moonrise. Yes. She digs deeper into that. So we're not going to, this podcast is not just about Warner Von Braun. So we no. don't want to, we don't want to um, gloss over that. Right. For sure. But we're going to keep the podcast rolling here. So the end of the war, these German scientists who are no doubt, in brilliant. the forefront of this whole rocket engineering, yeah. brilliant. So we already see sides being drawn up. It's pretty clear you're going to have the west, the the eastern side of things, which is going to be the Soviet Union. Yes, and you've got the east, which is or west, which is Europe and the U.S. So these guys are having to figure some things out, Keith. So relay that story to us as we head out of World War II. Okay, so, space so Warner von Braun and his associates they knew that hey, we're going to be captured by somebody, right? right. And so they said that if they were killed, if not killed, right? So, and that's part of it. They were scared of the Russians, right? Right. They said the French would treat them like slaves, so they didn't want to go there. And they said the British didn't have enough money to do a, a rocket program, so they said that leaves the Americans. So they decided, let's get captured by the Americans, you know? Right. And so they set out to do that, John. So tell them a little bit about how that transpired. What happened there? Well, you may know a little bit more about that part you studied, but I know they did some fake paperwork, maybe even wrote some things up on some official SS um, letterhead so that they could basically get this convoy together, including trains that they apparently yeah. commandeered, you found, to basically move themselves between five, depending how you figure this out, at least 500, if not over 1,000 scientists, techs, engineers, as well as the V-2 rocket materials and some of that from where it was stationed all the way across country to try right. to increase their prospects of getting captured yeah, by the Americans. To find the Americans, exactly. basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's pretty big. You know, they did engineering feats already with a V-2 rocket. This is a feat of logistics, yes. right, John? Yeah, and, which check out yeah. our thing on logistics. <laughs> we got a couple of podcasts on logistics and how it can save the world. And so they did find the Americans, and then after the Americans found them, they went back to where they were creating the V-2 and got as many parts as they could. Right. And then destroyed the rest so that it wouldn't fall into Russian hands. Right? But unfortunately, or they still did. Soviet Union. Hands. The Soviet Union. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's different. We found some flummadiddle there about how that played out, right. about how they ended up in the Americans' hands. But we know that at some point it looks like Magnus, who I think is Werner's brother, kind of knew, like, okay, this group of Americans is over here. So right. I'm going to get sneak out through here and let them know we're over here and we want to surrender. Yes. So however it actually transpired, they end up in the hands of the Americans and then proceed. Then what proceeds is something called Operation Paperclip. Right. They don't even tell the president this at first. <laughs> I know right? it. And so who was, was Why it? was it called that, John, Operation Paperclip? Did, I don't know. Did you come do you across know? that? Yeah, it's something to do with how secret it was. Like all that's left is the paperclip, you know? Oh, they don't want anything. Yeah. yeah, even they didn't even tell the president at first. This right. is very, they really wanted to keep it under wraps that these guys were Nazis. But they sure didn't want them to fall into the Soviet hands. So that's some shady dealings. There's a lot of question now about. Yeah, you know, and I mean how, the public would probably not, you know, 
look have fondly responded upon well that. Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, that. So, so um, but again, that's not our main focus here. But they managed to get these scientists, uh, at least sixteen hundred scientists, techs, and engineers over to the U.S. So it's kind of like one of the first parts of the Cold War. You know, like one of the first things that happened, like we're right. fighting for these scientists. On the other side of the Soviet Union, you had this guy named Sergei Korolev, right? Korolev. Uh, Korolev, you know, during the World War II, he was mainly uh, making planes for the Soviet Union's. Um, but he, he was a chief engineer of the Jet Propulsion Research Institute. Um, he actually got caught up in the Great Purge. You know, that's Man, a whole other podcast, but that that's, is, that's some ugly stuff. He went through as much favor and goodness and yeah. everything that was showered on von Braun. This guy yes. was persecuted, tormented by Stalin. Absolutely. Almost died. Even Khrushchev, he's going to, Korolev's going to be kind of our Soviet guy, and von Braun's the American guy in our Cold War battle here. But this Korolev yeah. guy is really pretty amazing. Yeah, he was a victim out. of Stalin's like insanity, basically. Yeah, like, exactly. like I mean, Stalin was he ended almost up in Siberia, you know, like paranoia kind he, of stuff. Oh, yeah. millions, yeah, killed in the Great Purges, and this Korolev guy is something else. I'm telling. He ended you. up in the gulags even for he a little did while, for quite. Then a while, after that, for several years. Yeah, and then after he got out of the gulag, was in like this prison for like intellects, where he was still in prison but was working on. You know, and stuff. they didn't know. You know, he. It was not even known to the Soviet people that he existed. Right. Until crazy. after his death. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of difference there in the a origins between the Warner von Braun and what he went through and Sergio Korolev. All so, right, so let's be about ready to skip it forward from there, Keith. Yeah, we set up the forward. main players. So we're going to skip forward a number of years. So these German scientists come to America. They're working for the U.S. Army, just as Korolev is working for the Soviets. To be honest with you. Korolev, or Korolev, that is, and Warner, Braun, Warner von Braun, or Brown, both had aspirations of space travel. They did, and, and they had created this V two rocket, which was kind of a important aspect of the Cold War, because John, nuclear power is part of the Cold War, right? Oh, I mean, it's, it's a definitely a war of ideologies, but it's also you have two nuclear nations. When you, yep. And Once now you have it. this thing who can, which can carry that nuclear payload over great distances very quickly. And very so it really accurate. is a game changer, right? So right at the end of the war, you got this thing that, that sets up the perfect storm for a Cold War, and then you start the space race, right? There so you, you mentioned go. they both had aspirations of going to space. They, those two guys did, but the nations themselves didn't at the time. They wanted weapons. Mm -hmm. The U.S. and the Soviets, at the end of the day, both wanted ballistic missiles. So how, John, so, did it turn into a space race? In it? So after all these years of ballistic missiles, you, you, hear, you hear talk, you know, there's lots of different places to start the story. One of the podcasts we listened to started it back with science fiction writing, which is very interesting. It is interesting. We, we, we're not going to dig we into it. We have a friend who would highly disagree that science fiction could ever predict or help cause future events to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't know this story. Well, does <laughs> I know. All right. So let's skip forward. Most of the people have heard of a little something called Sputnik. Yes. So this was the first, and we're going to hit a lot of dots, y'all. There's a lot of dots that y'all will have to take time to connect because there's several podcast and other things that make whole episodes of just an aspect of some of this. 
and we're hitting like 50 years of the Cold War. Right. In 35, yeah, I know. Max. Yeah. So, we could but, do like an entire podcast, not just a season on this subject. So we're going to hit some yeah. time. We're going to hit some, uh, some biggies though. Sputnik. Yeah. That's Sputnik. the big one that's generally thought to be the big thing. And that is the Russians launched the first satellite into yeah. orbit. It was a big deal, John. It was a huge deal. In fact, if you look back at stock market records, the stock market had a dip because of Sputnik in, the, right. in America. Like that, that tells you right there what the public thought about it, right? Yeah, and looking back, apparently the first week or so, though, people didn't think that much of it. But then somebody that comes back to be a big player in American politics, he was the Senate Majority Leader, a little guy named Lyndon Baines Johnson. A little guy, yeah. Yeah, a big 6'4 guy. guy. Yeah, A big Texas imposing guy decides, well, we just need to get all over Mr. Ike here about this. This is really a big deal. He saw a way that he could turn it into political capital. Yeah. So he decides he wants to have some hearings about it. Well, next thing you know, Sputnik is a very big deal. And Ike and uh, the leadership of the U.S. kind of just reluctantly like, (sighs) Ike was laid back. He's like, it's not a big deal. It's just for show. You know, I know it makes Khrushchev look good, but hey, let's not worry about it. Yeah, I should know this. Ike is... Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Dwight D. That's right. Yeah, I, knew, so, I knew that, John. All right. So basically, though, here's Von Braun all these years later. You know, he's been on Disney shows, for God's sakes, in the 50s. I know. Um, with, talking about going to the moon. And yeah, with Walt Disney himself. Exactly. And these ideas from science fiction writings, from Disney shows, have been implanted, this romantic idea of traveling through the cosmos, traveling to the moon, whatever it might be. So this uh, satellite, Sputnik, was a big deal, you know, and it wasn't too long after that. All of a sudden now they launch what into space, Keith? In November of 57, they not launch a dog into space. All right. Laika. So now, oh, man, Khrushchev's looking good. Yeah, they the actually dog. have a live animal, a live, a live creature. Being, creature. Now, that creature didn't make it long in space. But that's, a, that's a different <laughs> didn't story. It, did it die on the way back? It died on the died. re-entry or something, didn't it? It, it didn't last long, a couple of days maybe. <laughs> so anyway. Well, poor doggy. Poor doggy. I know, right? So now it's still there's all this stuff going on. I, LBJ even wasn't that big on space thing. But hey, whatever any politician can use to spin towards their own power seems to be okay. Yeah. And uh, so he decides, like, all right, let's push this. we got to do something. So the Navy had control of that at the time with a project called Vanguard. So it's time. They're going to launch their satellite. Yeah. So it flies, I forget how many feet, not very far off the ground. Boom. Big explosion. Bam. Terrible. Yeah, right, that's so, so embarrassing. For embarrassing. So Ike yeah. gets in touch with... Von it's kind of like lo- uh, loss after loss, right? Adding insult to injury. Insult to injury. Not only now, it's the tri- it's the three strikes, man. They put yeah. a they put the uh, satellite in space, a dog in space. Now ours blew up. Yeah. So now bad. he calls Von Braun and his team, like, okay, can y'all do this? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of they weren't ready then, but they were able to that's retrofit. That's the call Von Braun's waiting on, really. That's right? the call he's yeah. waiting on. So they're able to retrofit these rockets, right? So on February 1st, 1958, U.S. launches Explorer 1. Now, I can't remember. I think it was on an Atlas rocket. I can't remember, Keith. I could be wrong. So there's our rockets back in there. I'm trying to think. No, Explorer 1 was on a Juno 1, which was a repurposed Jupiter rocket, which was a missile. Oh, okay. So he had been making these missiles, but I, yeah. I bet in the back of his mind he knew I can repurpose these for other things. Yeah. So it was a Jupiter one. If I shot this missile a up Jupiter instead C. of at this other angle, exactly. We go into space. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right, so that same year, Keith, that's 58. So just shortly after that, April 9th of 59, NASA announced the first astronaut group. All right. The Mercury 7, Keith. All right, October of that same year, I say NASA, it was called something else before that because NASA wasn't officially started. I think it was October 1st of 58. But things are rolling on it just in a matter of months, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That was right. I had it right. October of 58, NASA comes into being. April of 59, NASA announced the first astronaut group, the Mercury 7. All right. So now the space race is on, Keith. Not too long after that, Human, the first human was launched into orbit, right? Yeah, but that, that wasn't by America. No, of course not. That was that was by USSR. That's a big. It That's was big Yuri Gagarin. He was on down the line just a little bit, but not too far past that. Now, let's talk. We're not going to go too far, like we said, into the uh, into the Russian side of things. We're going to stick more with the U.S. side of things, but. But there is a space race, though. There is a space race, so we're focusing on our side of the race a little more. But in 58, man, NASA starts the Mercury program. The Mercury program is all about one-man space capsules, just to prove that they can live in space. All right? Now, we get into 59, the race is still going. Soviet Union's Luna 1 is the first spacecraft to reach the moon's vicinity. Mm. Fidel Castro, Prime Minister of Cuba, lots of stuff. The astronauts are selected. We already talked about that, right? Now, getting up into a new presidential race. Okay. A lot of people think it's LBJ. He's the Senate Majority Leader. He's fresh on the heels of these uh, Sputnik hearings. Yeah. That he's the man, but for but whatever you had a reason, black sheep candidate come in. Yeah, you had the old uh, John F. Kennedy. You're right. He's a he's a junior senator from what Massachusetts. Highly popular, at the time. exuberant. But if not, but he picked up some of that exuberance in those ten months. He, he didn't did, seem yeah. real sure of himself. There I know. At yeah, first. if you watch some of them early interviews, like he almost seemed like he wasn't confident to start yeah. with. But he, he wasn't just, the guy that you see giving those yeah. speeches that just blow your mind. He developed you know, quickly. He did. Figured he did it indeed. Out. All right. So Mercury, Keith. Let's talk a little bit about Mercury. That's that first project, that first NASA project, right? Okay. All right. So it was about one man cruise right that's when it really picks up okay we have two suborbital flights we have four orbital flights between 61 and 63 now we're skipping around a little bit but around 60 right jfk is elected president yeah he's really not that big on this whole space thing but not too long at all just months into his uh, presidency you have the bay of pigs the fiasco in cuba you apparently have, was it in Switzerland where he met with Khrushchev? Right. He didn't look real strong there either. I know it. And then, so all this stuff is happening. A lot of people don't know that. Early on in Kennedy's presidency, like, there was a lot of bad things happening. I mean, he was looking like a terrible president. Yeah, he wasn't looking good. He wasn't looking good. So, you know, it really, honestly, he wasn't a big, we think of him as the big proponent, you know, the we'll go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. <laughs> That's a good Thank good you. impression. There. So that'll come later. That's yeah. in 62, I think, at Rice University. But LBJ is there behind the scenes, right? Because yeah. he's his vice president. Right. And they still see political capital in making this happen. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people know that either, John, that like LBJ was really the one who wanted to go to the moon. Like, he was the one really pushing for this, right? 
And uh, John F. Kennedy gets a lot of, uh, I guess, credit for that. But LBJ's in the background this whole time, like pushing him to do this stuff. Well, you know, a neat storyline, a little aside, and that's where this kind of podcast, we can come and go and weave back in. You know, Kenneth, or Johnson was from the South. Yeah. And he was a pretty progressive guy to be from Texas in that time. Right. And he wanted to kind of move the South out of this agrarian type thing. And a way to do that was to get technology money into places like Huntsville, Alabama, Cape Canaveral, down in Texas. So it was really part of his, you know, the whole Voting Rights Act, the Great Society, part of his things to kind of upgrade and move the South into the modern age. And Alabama is still grateful. (laughs) Yes, they are. I mean, he did a lot for uh, for those smaller places, pouring tons of money. There was, what, over one time over 400,000 people. Yeah. And he was trying to... But when he became president, right, he's trying to put, we heard on some podcasts, it was really cool. He's trying to put money into every state, all 50 states, so that nobody can have anything bad to say about the space program. Right, yeah. Hey, hey, my buddy over here, my, you know, he's a big Democrat. Hey, my Republican buddy has been working for me for 25 years. Now, we need to send him some money over here and, yeah. and help his help, help us out in Wisconsin here. What can yeah. we do for him, you know? He was, he was a smart fella. He was a very, he was a true politician. Yeah. So let's get back to Mercury, right? Okay. The project was named after the Roman god Mercury, known for his speed, right? So each astronaut named his craft. Our first guy up in uh, the old Mercury, Freedom 7, wasn't it? Alan Shepard. Okay. Yeah, right. Alan Shepard, first man of space, right? Or oh, first American. The first American in space, in space yeah. cause Yuri Gagarin. Right. The Russian fella did that first, all right? So guess what? Years later, old Shepard got to walk on the moon on Apollo 14. But that's many years yet to come, Brother Keith. Right. All right. So Wally Shearer was up next, the second man in space. He was orbit the... Oh, no, the second one, I'm sorry, was Scott Carpenter. Okay. So there were several Mercury flights. So basically what they're trying to do with Mercury, let's just show that we can get into orbit. Let's show that we can get a man into space. Yeah. See how our see our body's going to react to being up and That's there. a big deal. I mean, first man in space, I mean, obviously it was the USSR. But right. then America, not too long after that. But just humans in space, that's a big deal, right? It's huge. I mean, you got to think, we think of the going to the moon as no problem, right? Because right. we've been there. But the, nobody ever done it before. And so you had to have these these accomplishments first. Exactly. Let's, let's just see if we can get to space first, you know? it, Yeah, because nobody knows. So not long after that, just shortly after that, not even three weeks later after Alan Shepard becomes the first American in space, that's when Kennedy proposed... Landing astronauts on the moon yes. by the end of the decade. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before the decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Yeah. Now, Keith, let's keep rolling here. Who was the first American to orbit mm. the Earth? I don't know that one. He huh? became a senator years later. And I've got a little forty-five sitting up there. Man in orbit, Keith. We need to listen to that. All right. Who was it? John Glenn. Oh, okay, yeah. John Glenn. John Glenn. All right. She'll come up again later. Absolutely. We move on into 62 now. Right. Now, what's going on with the Russians in 62, Keith? Do we know? Let me check my timelines here. John Glenn's in orbit. Okay. Gagarin was 61. All right. Oh, here's a little something. This is not 62, but I'm going to skip forward. You know, obviously there were no women in the original seven astronauts. Right. But the Soviet Union, not because they were so forward-thinking in terms of uh, of the sexes, 
but they even put a woman into space. I oh, just kind of wow. like to laugh at the U.S. Like, ha, ha, ha. We're so great, and our communist society is so great, we can even put a woman into space. Yeah, even yeah, our women can go. Even our women <laughs> can go to space. Are stronger than yeah, your little girl. That don't sound man. very uh, forward-thinking, does it? No, exactly. <laughs> so, all, right. all right, so we move into 62. We've got John Glenn doing his thing, orbiting the Earth. And that's that year is when that famous speech at Rice University. We choose to go to the moon, Keith, in this decade and do other things, not because they are easy, but because because they they are are hard. All right, then comes the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was one of the height of the Cold War tensions. Right. Looking back, they say we were pretty close to going to war. Yes, yeah. At the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. closest we ever was in the Cold War, for sure. And that was October of 62. Yeah. All right, so to put it in context, we're moving into 63, Keith. Martin Luther King Jr. gives his I Have a Dream speech. Now, through all this, we talked about the politics of it, right? JFK is thinking, man, I don't know if we can really pull this off. He's starting right. to realize not only that, but it's costing a boatload of money, man. Yes. This is going to pull money out of education programs and things I've been wanting to do to build up American cities. Right. And, and JFK was big in civil rights stuff, and you had absolutely. all that stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, and so you're almost are. you're almost thinking, like, is it really that important to spend all this money on this stuff, you know? And oh, exactly. When because we have all these problems here on this planet that we needed to think about. Yeah, years later, with. Gil Scott Heron, who's a famous African-American uh activist and singer actually wrote a song so i think it was called putting whitey on the moon oh yeah it was like hey y'all we got serious stuff going down right a lot of people thought on on this earth you know why are we pouring all this money into but that is that is a testament to just uh americans in general is that we did both things you know we, we did put a man on the moon but we also were able to accomplish great strides in in the civil rights during that that decade so absolutely so JFK urges cooperation with the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's do this together. Khrushchev was like, eh, let's don't. All right. Then, November 22nd, 1963. All right. JFK is assassinated in Dallas. Mm. Some people think that had that not happened, we wouldn't have gone to the moon. Who knows? But there is thought that JFK might have thought, man, this is just too much to put towards this. I don't know if we're going to pull this off. He had, you know, he had went back and forth on it several times. He had, I, I guess you would say, second-guessed the decision oh, yeah, sure. multiple times and just wondered, hey, should we be doing this? So, yeah, you, they may be right on that. Who knows? You know, we, we can't know that. But. but we know this, that LBJ doubled down on it at that point. Yes. Now, he like always the last wishes go, of yeah. our stricken president. Right, yeah. And, and any time anybody would bring up, let's cut the funding, you mean you want to cut the dream yeah, of, your, yeah. of your fallen president? Yeah, you know, yeah. That kind of thing. So now it's on. Like you said, a brilliant politician for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. All right. So we're about to get up here before too long this next year we're 64 right here all right a saturn one rocket blasts off on a first flight of dummy apollo spacecraft civil rights act signed that year by president johnson mariner four launched the first spacecraft to image mars oh okay oh, that'll echo back right yeah all right now we're getting into 65 that's moving into the gemini but wait keith let's not say that because that's how we used to say it but we know better now don't we how should yeah. we say that keith Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket to show that we're true space fans. I still don't call it Gemini. Gemini, I just like Gemini. Gemini. I like how Gemini sounds. I really do. 
I like it better. I ain't got to be sharp, John. You got to be sharp. Not necessarily. Gemini, Q, something. Come on. Titan two rockets. All right. There's a new rockets. So what does Gemini mean, Keith? Do you know? Or Gemini? I don't, the no. twins. Okay. All right. So there's where it comes with the two astronauts. Was there two crickets? There was. He had a brother you didn't know about. Okay. His name was Gemini Korolev. Breaking some news here. So here we are, man. By now, you know, it's been a long time. We'll just circle back to Warner Von Brown. All his whole crew has moved down here to Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. The Marshall is it the Marshall Space Flight Center? Is yes. that what they call that key? I, I know so. that's there. So yeah, that's probably so that's I guess it was there then, yeah. Well, they made it be there. All right. <laughs> so it might not have been there. So now they got Titan rockets and the reason it's called the twins. Now we're ramping it up. There's gonna be two people on these spacecraft, Keith. Okay. All right, not just one. Now that's deal. huge. It's a, well, it's a really big deal. Because you don't have to, to go to the moon. You're going to have to have more than one person. We've shown that with Mercury, one guy can get up into orbit. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, it's bigger than the Mercury capsule. It could hold two people, but they didn't hardly have any room inside. Okay. Jim and I, we already mentioned that it was named after the twins. It flew on a Titan II rocket. It was a two-stage rocket. Yeah. So when the first stage talked about that in the last episode. Exactly. That was actually Which, thought of, you know, centuries before. Exactly. Then we're finally going to make it with the um, with the Saturn up to the three stage. Okay. But they wanted to know a lot more stuff. Not just wanted. They had to know a lot more stuff before they could even think of sending men to the moon, right? All right. So first spacewalk happened on one of the Gemini missions. Can we get outside this thing? All right. Different ways of flying near another spacecraft. Spacewalks using this engines to move both vehicles. The Gemini 11 mission, it says, flew higher than any mission before. And they were trying to solve these problems of spacewalks, getting outside of a spacecraft, flying in proximity to another spacecraft. Okay. They had to learn, too, what happened when they spent many days in space. Yeah. What were the effects of that? Yeah, we got that. We didn't know all these things. We knew we none of these. Figure the stuff out. They had to learn how to connect two spacecraft together. Yeah. Which we're going to find out is a huge thing, right? When we talk about getting to the moon, right? When you start talking about the the lunar module, the lander, mm-hmm. things like that. All right. So we're in '66, Keith. All right. Let me throw a name in there. Some of those names you've heard. We hadn't thrown a lot of astronaut names, but we've thrown a few. Virgil Gus Grissom and John Young take off in the first flight of a two-man Gemini capsule. How about that? All right. I, I you know, heard these, those things before. <laughs> you know, and hey, guess what? Neil Young and David Scott are Neil Young. <laughs> I was going to say, was there two Neil Youngs? I was like, <laughs> man, I, I don't know where that came. That came was out of my music. Neil Diamond there with him? Neil Diamond, Neil Young, <laughs> and Neil Armstrong. There you go. We're all on the Gemini. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny, Keith. Neil Young. I need to play some Neil Young like Crazy Horse in the background. There you go. <laughs> Around that same time, the first launch of the Saturn 1B rocket carrying an unmanned Apollo spacecraft. So the Apollo testing's going on side by side with some of the rocket stuff. But these guys are flying these Gemini missions trying to take care of these problems, trying to figure these things out. Right. Guess what happens this same year, Keith? Star Trek debuts. September oh, 8th. There you yes, go. Yes, indeed. So now you're starting to get some public attention, right? Starting to. Yeah. Starting to. Public starting to say, hey, we could be like these guys in Star Trek someday if we just get this done. We just got to do it. 
So I'm willing to pay my tax money. Ready, willing, and able. I'm ready. Now, Keith, 67 does not start off well. 67, we're going to get over into the actual Apollo missions. Okay. And Keith, what happened on Apollo 1? Um, that's the one that blew up on the ground, right? They wasn't even, it was a test. It was it a test. Yeah. Gus Grissom, Edward White, and Roger Chaffee yeah. burned to death in the... American heroes. Yes. Because, you know, they, they were willing to take that risk. And, and all of them knew there was that risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about going to the moon. Yeah. There was a good chance you weren't going to make it. Right. That was always, there was always a better chance you weren't going to make it than you would make it. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you watch some of the documentaries and stuff like that, and I said it right, John, if you watch some of the documentaries, documentary, um, you know, you can see that the space, the Apollo program was almost scrapped after that. I mean, that's a big deal to lose lives, you know. When it's a huge deal. And now let's talk about the Apollo mission. It now has three men. All which right. is how many is ultimately going to go to the moon, right? Yep. All right, so we got to have those three. So now it ups the size of the capsule. All right, so there was a total. Keith, do you know how many Apollo flights there were? Um, seven. Eleven. Oh. The first four tested equipment that was going to be used in the flights. Six of the other seven landed on the moon, Keith. It was like, Did you know that we landed on the moon six times? I knew it was several. I didn't know how many. The first Apollo flight happened in 1968. Of course, we know when the moon landing happened, July 20th. And there's the reason why I don't know how many. It's because the public really lost a lot of interest after the first one. It's and that's almost why like we're going to stop. Uh, you know, been there, done that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It is. And as a rocket show, partially, mm-hmm. space race, we're going to talk about the Saturn V. You already mentioned a little bit about its size and thrust at the beginning. Yeah. And, Keith, do you have how tall the Saturn is? It was like 360-something, I believe. Man. And it was a three-stage rocket, right? Yeah. So. I think it was about 360-something feet. Basically, they, Keith, that is something to behold. They have one laid over on its side at the Space Museum in Huntsville. And to walk the length of that rocket. It's breathtaking. It is amazing. It is, yeah. It is something to. I mean, when you look at it, the thing you think the most is like, okay, so we're humans, and we really didn't get that far as far as the universe is considered. You know, it's like we just got to the moon. That's right there beside us. That's not that far. But then you look at that rocket, and you're like, man, what a feat of engineering right there! Absolutely, to be able to thrust that thing as many miles as we did. You know, it's pretty incredible, really. So the Apollo 5, apparently the first rocket was only a two-stage, the first Saturn. But, of course, the Saturn V was three-stage and was as tall as a 36-story building. 360 feet. There you go. So the first manned mission to the moon was Apollo 8. It circled the moon on Christmas Eve, 1968, but it did not land. You know some names here. The crew was Frank Borman, Bill Anders, and Jim Lovell of Apollo 13 fame. Yeah. So, Keith... That morning, if you've never seen it, I suggest you pull it up right now while you're listening to this podcast, unless you're driving, <laughs> and just watch the Saturn V ignite. Yeah. We talked about that at the beginning yes, of the last did. podcast, just and the smoke billowing out of it and the rumbling. 360 feet tall, t- bigger than a football field, standing up with three guys strapped to it. Yeah. Hey, let's strap ourselves to a nuclear bomb. 
Yeah, uh, under our butts. And let's see if it'll shoot us to the moon. Yeah. Like, hey, y'all, watch this. I know, right? I think... Uh, a little more control than that, but still. Yeah. I but, mean... Uh, you know, I think those kind of people got a whole lot of, hey, y'all watch this in them. You oh, know yeah. What I mean? They had to. Yeah. So, Keith, this is totally off course, but apparently two men... This is some hey, y'all. Two men were arrested in Arkansas. They're calling you to, to get bailed out. Hello? No, no, I'm sorry. You're in Arkansas? No. No, Mr. President. We don't have any astronauts on the show today. Okay. Thank you. Bye. So that was a, that was our buddy who doesn't believe in science fiction. Okay. Thank and you. Uh, anyway, where was I? He got me totally off course, man. Oh, oh, the guy's in Arkansas, dude. Apparently they got arrested for shooting each other. They've been drinking, and they decided it was going to be a good idea to put on bulletproof vests and shoot each other. <laughs> yeah, alcohol and guns. That's a good yeah, idea. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I know that uh, astronauts never did anything insane and crazy while drinking alcohol or driving cars or blowing each other up off of rockets or anything. Right. But anyway, that's a different story. I, I, so that pretty much gets us through the space race and the Cold War. It right? does. That's where we want to end. We want to end with that picture of the Saturn V, that huge rocket, taking off. Now, that's a lot of dots to connect. We are were we, all over the place. Are we but, ending or are we going into no, the space you're, shuttle? No, you're, okay. you're up next, Keith. <laughs> I got you. So Keith you said in, so I, was, well, I thought, let's, dang, right, man, let me all the studying that I did for the, <laughs> No, the last man on the moon was 1972. Yeah. The Apollo program actually went on to 1975. Yeah, okay. After that, I know from my age and some of you guys that are around your 30s to 50s, this next little part yeah. is kind of the face so of we, the space race for you guys right and we said that this is the history of space travel not just rockets. yeah we had the history of rockets the last one this is the history of space travel so that's going to move us all the way up until present day right um so yeah i mean a lot of times john i think about the apollo missions and i think well my gosh it's been really 50 years about since we've done anything in nasa and that's just not true right it's not true at all it has been by the time we get on the moon again, it will have been, and it almost is now, 50 years since we have been to the moon. Right. But that doesn't mean we've just been sitting still. I mean, literally, we done it. We got a lot of information from the moon. There wasn't a good reason to go back and take that risk. Right. You know, and, and until we have a, a reason to go right. back. And now we do. Because we're now looking at Mars, and we're looking at ways to get to Mars, and the moon right. is a part of that process. But in between then, though, we did a lot of different things, and one of the biggest things was the space shuttle program. Oh, man, that was for years. How long that yeah. lasted? 20 years? 15, 20 years? 1981, John, to 2011. Oh, yeah, 30 years. Yeah, long time, and 135 missions, John. A lot of scientific exploration with those. I remember Absolutely. being in school and them talking about, well, this person's going to be on there studying how space affects this or how yeah, this does yeah. that. Yeah, and that, that's basically one of them actually had a space lab on it. One of the, right. and there was actually five different space shuttles. There was the, I remember co- the Explorer. The was there Explorer? No, there wasn't the Explorer. You don't remember an Explorer. Cause they explore. <laughs> um, there Hold was on. the, I'll cut that out. The Columbia. Yes, I remember Columbia. Okay, and the Challenger. Challenger. That's the one that blew up, wasn't it? That's one of two that blew up. The first two I mentioned blew up. Which is the one that blew up with the people in it? Both of them. There was two. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, there was two disasters. Uh, one, the Challenger in 1986 and the Columbia in 2003. Okay, 86 is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Well, there was another one in 2003. The Columbia blew up. You don't remember that one? Vaguely. Yeah. 
So that was, I was the, in a whole different part yeah, of my I was life. During, I was in high school back then. That was during the Bush administration. You know, he wow. had a, a speech about that afterwards. But, uh, Dang. Man, yeah, I, I mean, totally both of those that, both those was very sad, you know, as uh, disasters. But out of 135 missions, we only had two that, that failed. And the, the problem is, is when you have something that has that much thrust and that much power to it, Absolutely. when you have a failure, you know, in many cases it does end in uh, taking somebody's life. But, so what was the second one that blew up? The, the Challenger and the what? The Columbia. The Columbia. Mm-hmm. Dang. 2003. Um, so 135 missions, uh, 1,322 days in space, 19 hours, 21 minutes, and 23 seconds, John. Wow. Yeah, so um, a lot of missions done and a lot of, like you said, scientific research was done on these. Um, this was actually, the space shuttle was actually the first reusable spacecraft, John. Keith, I do remember that one, the Columbia. That's the one that, yeah. that burned up coming back in, and it was the tiles on the thing. Right, yeah. It actually burned up on re-entry right. to the atmosphere. Okay, I do yeah. remember that now. God, yeah, I, I think the Challenger blew up. It blew up while before, it was going, while it was going up. up. Yeah. yeah, it was different, yeah. Um, so... Let's see some of the accomplishments of the space program or the space shuttle program. You think, well, what did it actually do other than just scientific, um, you know, exploration? Well, it also put the first woman and the first African American in space. All right, uh, all right, American woman. Anyway, you talked about the right, the USSR. the Russian weightlifter um, woman. Yes. It had the first untethered spacewalk, John. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Can you imagine yeah. being that guy? Whew, One scary. wrong push of the jet button. And- you talking about in space and all you got is like a jetpack on your back, right? Goodness. Ooh, that's spooky. Yeah, that's spooky. All right. Um, it was the first to dock at a space station, which actually docked at okay. the, the USSR space station. But still, big deal because later on we have the ISS coming up. And that's another thing. It actually delivered most of the ISS parts that came from America. Okay. So it was a delivery vehicle for the ISS, which is one of our greatest achievements so in space. A big, it was like a big brown truck. It was the UPS truck. <laughs> exactly. No, nah, I'm just kidding. And also, it's John, another cool. thing that we use a lot and that's very important in uh, space exploration is it launched the Hubble telescope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the Hubble telescope's a big deal. Right. Um, and so that's basically, that's the, the gist of the, spa, the space shuttle program. Now, how tall, do you know how tall the space shuttle was when it was standing on end blasting off Keith? I don't. I, I didn't I, even look. I mean, it was strapped to a rocket, right, when it was blasting. Well, it had those big booster-like tubes. You remember? Yeah. It had like, uh, it definitely had some kind of rockets or fuel tanks, yeah. the liquid fuel tanks on it. Right. So, um, anyway. Now, upon reentry, it would come in on its own and land on a, uh airplane strip. Land on yeah. A, yeah, I remember that, man. So that's pretty And cool. didn't it piggyback on an airplane? Flying back yeah. on a big jet. I saw something like that before, yeah. yeah. And, hey, those, something from the space shuttle is going to reappear. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely it's right. circled we, back around in our previous episodes about the SLS. Kid. Right. And so let's move up to that. Um, some other achievements since the Cold War. You have the space shuttle program, and I also mentioned the ISS, which is this giant space lab up there, basically, or space right. station up there in space. Um, that is an international effort. Um, we also sent probes just about everywhere, John. I mean, Saturn, Venus, Uranus. Neptune. We did send a probe to Uranus, John, in which, believe it or not, John. Did it send pictures back? I'm not sure. I hope not. <laughs> I'm not sure. But believe it or not, they found an enormous amount of methane gas. You believe that? <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, and, and that is funny, but that's absolutely true. Uranus has. Methane gas. I've been told that that's the case. Yeah. 
that's fitting, ain't it? Yeah. So anyway, all these different planets, also asteroids and comets, even John, we landed on those with probes, and so we've even just like kind of done research on asteroids and comets, and so right, a lot of different probes sent, but also we've broke many endurance records since the Cold War. Um, private space travel began in 2004. That's okay. a big deal. It's something. That's way before SpaceX. I can't remember the company. But there was somebody else actually started private space travel, but okay. they just had like one or two missions. And that was it, you know. And then um, they ran out of the billions of dollars yeah, that it took to do right. it. <laughs> They're like, okay, we're out of money now. We don't have um, hundreds of millions of people to bilk out of their money. To right. So um, the first commercial successful re-entry from orbit was by SpaceX, though, in 2010. Okay. Um, I didn't 20- realize it was that long ago. Yeah, and in 2012, a man-made craft made it into interstellar space. So for the first time in the history of NASA and everything, we actually, one of the things that we sent out, like I get, it was a craft, but it's like a, a probe, basically. Yeah. Was it, it actually... The little rovers, the little Mars rover type deals or something? No, this one's just one of the ones that's just going to keep going forever. Okay. Yeah, okay. we just sent it out, but in See 2012, it, it made it to interstellar space, which okay. is pretty cool. You know, we have... Um, something that can send images back from interstellar space at that point. Right. Um, 2015 now, this is kind of a big deal. SpaceX, private company, right? they landed a rocket, John. Landed a rocket. All right. The first reusable rocket. Like shot it up rocket. in the air and landed it back down on the ground. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, they, That is wild because a lot of the, most of the NASA stuff is not recoverable. Right, Exactly. And you're talking about... That it was not cost-effective to be recovered. Yes. But you would think, surely it could be. Well, the reason why is because where the cost comes is it's developing something like this. So SpaceX probably spent a whole lot of money, you know, building the framework for this. Right. You know, they... What do you call it when you build, like... R&D. A power company or something like that. They build the... Infrastructure. The infrastructure. So they right. basically are the infrastructure builders for this reusable rocket. Right? I got you. They spend a lot of money on it. Now in the future, you already know how to do it, so you don't have to spend those right. billions exactly. and billions of dollars figuring billions it out. Billions and billions. So, um, so yeah, that's why America, you know, or NASA would never have done that because you would be spending a whole lot of money just on R and D, really. You know. Right. But um, so anyway. It's a big deal, though, because now that we have it, now we can save a whole lot of money in the future right. on certain things, right? Sure. Um, 2020, the first commercial space mission happened with SpaceX. Okay. Um, SpaceX sent American astronauts on the first commercial space mission. They hooked up with ISS, and it was actually, John, the first American astronaut since NASA ended the space shuttle program in 2011. So. Like, okay. you know, almost a decade there before we'd been in space, and SpaceX pulled it off, and they put American okay. astronauts back in space and hooked up with ISS. So that's a big deal. Oh, wow. And that, that kind of sets the stage to where we're at now, where at the same time that's happening, NASA is developing. We had a whole podcast about it and interviewed the chief engineer of the Space John Launch System. John Blevins. Yeah, John Dr. Blevins. John so Blevins. the Space Launch System is basically today's Saturn V. That's the name of the rocket, the Space Launch System or the SLS. Yeah, SLS rocket. That will be sending us back to the moon on the Artemis program. So the yes. first one's the Apollo missions. This is the Artemis missions. Yeah, that's Artemis is Apollo's sister, I think. In the, in Greek yeah, mythology. mythology, the Greek pantheon. I guess gods. so. I, don't, I didn't know that, but yeah. Um, so their timeline, they're hopeful to land humans back on the moon by 2024, John, and so and that will be. A step toward Mars. Right. So, gotcha. 
So that, that catches us up to where we're at now. And on the next episode, we want to talk about the future of space, space travel. Exploration, and space, space exploration. Space exploration, right? And we may we may go way future, John. We may dive deep into this. We may like dive Science deep. fiction kind Sci-fi. of stuff. So it's going to be fun. The next hey, one's going to be fun. If you really want to dive deeper into this, yeah, because we, we really just scratched the We just kind of like yeah. grabbed a handful of stuff and just threw it out on the table for you. You could pick up any of those names, any of those rockets, any of those NASA programs, any of those astronauts, any of the stuff Keith just threw out there yeah. with space and just really dive deep. It's pretty interesting stuff. But, you know, uh, just to give a shout out to another podcast, if you want somewhere to start, a good podcast is Moonrise, done Moonrise, by the Washington Post. Washington Post, 2019. There's another one. Uh, let me pull it up. while By BBC? The BBC Countdown to the Moon or something like that. Let's right. see. I've got it here in my little podcast app, Keith. Or I did. All right. Uh, 13 Minutes to the Moon. 13 Minutes to yes, the Moon. Yes, and then Moonrise on Washington Post. Uh, Houston, we have a podcast. There's a NASA podcast as well that's good. So, And, of course, you can imagine these really ramped up about two years ago, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. Yeah. So a right. couple of these are from that time frame, 2019, but really good, really interesting stuff, really well done. Yeah, and if you want to watch something specifically about just going to the moon, from the Earth to the Moon documentary on HBO. It's kind of like what got me interested in all this again. It's very Yeah, good. I need to check yeah. that out. I haven't watched that. It's very good. All right. Well, Keith. That's all I got, John. I think it's great. And remember, we're your somewhat reliable source of information. So, for everything uh, in the world. For everything in the known universe. universe. Yes. We can't say, well, no, we can say, too. We just said it. Probably the some other universes, universe, too. Other universes. Yeah. The we just don't know those. We just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been John. And I'm Keith. And you can reach us at doyouflummadiddle at gmail.com. Gmail.com. <laughs> and what else? Doyouflummadiddle.com. Yeah. Check out the podcast. Uh, we're going to have some YouTube videos. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. Just like buy into it. We've got all kinds of stuff in the works. Keith's thinking about doing maybe some classes. We're going to tell you about what just now. Who knows? Right. I might throw some guitar stuff on there. There you go. Just get on the just do the Patreon. Just get on the Flum Trainer. Get right. That's Do it. basically Join it. us. Yeah. Plummeted.